Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode one of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing? Doing pretty well, man, uh, all things considered. Good. Glad to hear it. Glad to yeah. hear it. Welcome. It's good to be. I mean, yeah, thank you. Welcome to you. I don't know. You're the host. I'm the co-host. Is that how so it works? I don't, well, it does. It's in the script, Matt. You literally just said the words co-host. Well, so I don't. I, I think of us both as the co-host. I don't think of me as the host and you as the co-host. You know, I feel like in the first season, you were definitely in many ways the host and I was the co-host. And as we have progressed that now we've kind of seen and watched all of the same stuff, that right. it's a little more, we're both co-hosts. Right, but we I are think both we can, here together, equally co-hosting. So we can safely welcome each other to this, the new season of the Super Sentai Brothers, Matt. Season six, yes. if you can believe it. If you can even believe it. Uh, this is the first episode of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Um this is the show that if you are a Power Rangers person primarily and a sort of and not as familiar with the Super Sentai world, um, this is the one that was translated into Power Rangers in space. Huh. Uh, which, okay. I, which I think has the distinction of being the first non-Tommy season. Although Tommy, I think, left in the middle of Power Rangers Turbo. But this is the first one where he's just not in it at all. No kidding. Yeah, I, I had no idea. Again, I am like very, uh, I'm sort of very like Power Rangers adjacent. Like, I know they, I'm just not really up on it. Um, No, that's cool and fun. So this is, well, Matt, why don't you lay out a little bit of, if somehow you have found <laughs> this show. Hey, man, it's the first episode of a new season. I think It's the first episode of a new season. Uh, if you found the show, if you're new to us, welcome. Yes. It's a delight to have you. Uh, if you just sort of found it because you were like, you know what I love is Mega Ranger and no other seasons of Super Sentai. <laughs> Let me see if there's a podcast about that. Then here you go. We're here for you. Uh, yeah, Steve, I mean, Dave, Dave, you the say... The one person <laughs> whom that is true of. Dave, you say that, but like that is literally why we started this podcast is I watched all of Die Ranger, really liked it, Went looking for a Die Ranger specific podcast, did not find one, and decided that there should be one. You know what, Matt? We're six years deep, and I just assumed that it was that there was not a Sentai podcast. You, I didn't realize that your needs were that specific. Well, because well, I, ha I hadn't really watched any other Sentai. Okay. Oh, good point. Good point. Well, here you go, guys. Um, welcome. We're delighted to have you. So as Matt said, uh, what we do is we just watch an episode every week and we do sort of like a, a beat by beat rundown of the show and just kind of run over it and and revel and glory in the insane weirdness that is Sentai. And then also uh, we just do commentary. But that's yeah. not all we do, Matt. No, Dave, because of course, first, before we get into that, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Um, which is a segment that we do at the top of the show uh, where we talk about five things that have happened in our week. Uh, we call it that because in the first season, 
Shining in the Heavens There Are Five Stars is a thing that the Dire Rangers said before they transformed, and we never updated the bit as we have gone through subsequent seasons. Well, now we can't. Now we're now it's tradition. Now right. we're stuck in now we're stuck doing it. Now we're locked in. I did have a brief thought of like, well, we've had five years of five stars. That's got a nice ring to it. Maybe we change it this season. But then I never gave it a second thought, and now it's the first episode, so we're just doing it it's, again. Yeah, we're not changing it anymore. Um, so that actually, now, okay, this is sort of a bad transition. You'd think we would sort of have this nailed down by now, but that this kind of is the first star. Yes, actually. so, uh, Dave, what is our first star of the week? So our first star of the week, First Matt, star is of the it's, season. It's the start of a new season. So this is the fifth season, and uh, we've watched, I nope. think, all of them. Sixth season. Sixth season, sorry, and we have watched the last, uh, the last number of seasons all chronologically. I think there was one year we skipped, right? We skipped. Yeah, it was a little weird in the beginning because we started with Die Ranger and then uh, we jumped back to Jetman, and then we jumped forward again to Cocky Ranger, which is the season after Die Ranger. That's right. And then we did Cocker uh, Ranger, O Ranger, Car Ranger, and now we're doing Mega Ranger. And I'm very excited to be doing it. Now, this season originally aired in 97. Yeah, this, this, first, right, this first episode uh, was written by Junki Takagami, uh, and its original air date was February 14th, 1997. A sweet Valentine's Day. Uh, Junki Takagami, uh, I, I think I'm saying that close to right, is the head writer of this series. Um, so he wrote this episode. He's going to write a bunch of episodes this season. Uh, he is also the head writer of a bunch of different stuff. Oh, he, like? Like, he would go on to be the head writer of uh, um, other Sentai series. So he wrote either the writer or head writer of a bunch of different Sentai series. So he wrote a bunch of episodes of uh, Engine Squadron Goonger. Okay. Uh, he wrote Gogo Sentai Bo- Bokenger. Uh, I don't know which one that is. He wrote some episodes of Decca Ranger. He wrote some episodes of Gal Ranger. I think it was the head writer on Gal Ranger. Um, so yeah, uh, he wrote Gogo. He's the head writer of Gogo Five, I think, or at least a a main writer of Gogo nice. Five. Gingaman, which is uh, the one following Mecha Ranger. Uh, he's also done a bunch of anime. He's he's written a bunch of like. One Piece and Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! And we're in some episodes of Gunslinger Girls, weirdly. No kidding. Dude, I know that, like, One Piece is huge. And I know it's, I, I'm pretty sure it's coming to an end soon. And uh, I have seen some stuff. People are like, oh, man, like, what is Shonen Jump going to do without, like, the indefatigable workhorse that is One Piece? And I've tried to watch this show like a handful of times, and I I always just like bounce off of it. Like there's just not I don't know what it is. I think it's just the art. Because in theory, like a story about like superheroes and like a nautical world, like running around searching for like all the This is not a one piece podcast. Clearly. Just like <laughs> all of the beats of it, I in theory are things that I dig and would enjoy. And I just like I just don't like looking at it, and so I've never watched it. We could do it. We could do a One Piece podcast where we watch it until you bounce off of it, and then we restart it. So, like, we just watch the first. So, like three a episodes. roguelite, but yeah, for One yeah, Piece. like we watch the first like three episodes, and then we take a week off, and then we watch the first two episodes, and then we watch the first four episodes, uh, and just sort of do it uh, worst idea of all time style. 
I dig it. I dig it. Well, Matt, um, that actually leads really well into our second star of the week. So what? I'm sorry. Do we have anything else to say about this, the first season or the first episode of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger? Uh, no, not yet. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Having seen the first episode now, I really oh, enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, yes. I did watch the first episode ahead of time. It's it's extremely good. It's extremely, extremely good. I'm very stoked for this season. I think even within the context of first episodes always being kind of bangers, uh, this one really, really hits. I'm I'm very excited for what this season has to bring. Uh, yeah, me too. So, Dave, what is our second star of the week? So, our second star of the week, Matt, is we just, man, we thought we would touch base with you guys. Here it is, the Isolation Update. Isolation Update. So we just thought we would chat a little bit about uh, the isolation, the sort of uh, stay shelter in place, shelter in place order that is we live in Ohio. And I know that there's a lot of states that are are as locked down or some that are even more locked down than Ohio. Uh, Governor DeWine. Gotta say, man, I don't like to get political on this show a lot. But uh, DeWine is crushing it. Yeah, his response to it has been very good. Yeah, he's been excellent. And Dr. Amy Acton is like a hero. She's amazing. Like, I'm a huge fan. I didn't know that I would be like a fanboy of a doctor who is not also a McElroy. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, Dr. Amy Acton is amazing. She's she's also crushing it. Um, They're doing a fantastic job. And so we are... We are just kind of sheltering in place, and we are, we're just home. Um, Beth, so Beth did have some mild symptoms. Uh, She did have a negative test, but the doctors were like, hey, uh, like the tests are like a little bit unreliable. So unless you've had at least two negative tests, like just assume that you're positive and like stay home for the sake of other people and make sure that you're not, uh, you know, inadvertently inadvertently spreading anything. So um, thank God we have not had any serious symptoms in our household. Uh, we're very thankful for that. But um, we are just kind of, we're, we're up in the space. And it is, uh, it is wild having the twins home. Because like they can't, they obviously can't go anywhere either. Right, right, right. And they've actually been handling it really well. We've been out in the backyard, like here and there. But um, we've just been really trying to like, just like move them around the house a lot because they're used to just being very like as I think are we all right like you just kind of go places um but sugar bean who is my daughter uh has been really she's like very sad because she keeps asking to go places she's like oh maybe we could go to the inside playground or the playground or the zoo or the grocery store or like any of the places that because I'm the home. street literally Acro- anywhere right anywhere because, like, I'm home, and normally when I'm home, I'm like, let's go out and do stuff, because, like, that's what I like to do. And so she keeps asking. And today, like, I was like, it was yesterday. This poor, she's like three and a half. Uh, hit, like, a wall, man. Like, she just sat in Beth, my wife's, Beth's lap, and was just sad for a while. She was like, I'm just sad everything closed. And I was like, yeah, baby. Yeah, I get it. I get it. 
Also, sorry, this has nothing to do with... She did tell me recently, like two or three days ago, that I am not allowed to call her baby anymore because she's a kid now. So I turned to dust and my heart is dead. Uh, my, so, yeah. Um, welcome anyways. to the first episode of the new season. Welcome to the first episode, everybody. Things are great. Um, relatively speaking, my life is, is pretty great. Um, how about you, Matt? How are you? How are you doing? I mean, like... Well, so I know the grass is always greener because in my universe, I have like a kind of a morbid thought where I'm like, man, why didn't, why wasn't there like a shelter in place order like before I had kids? Like when it was just me and Beth. Well, the, this thing, would the, have been... the thing, Dave, is that uh, it, it would not be the situation that like, why didn't it happen before, like when it was just me and Beth? It would be, what, what, why didn't it happen when it was just me? Because I live alone. Yeah, like I said, like I'm sure that like the grass is is very much greener, uh, and so I am losing my mind a little bit. <laughs> like not like really, really, but you know, I am a I'm a big going out and doing stuff guy as well. Um, but I live alone, and so the way that I like hang out with people usually is I leave my house and I go see people in other places, and I can't do that, Dave. And so I'm just sitting at home by myself for weeks on end. And I got to tell you, uh, not loving it. Not, uh, you, you, you think that the grass is greener on this side. Not great. But- no, no, no. Like, I, I totally get Like, if it was, I think if you had one other person there with you, it would be a very different story. Oh, yeah. Now, the thing is, I live in an apartment as opposed to a house. So if I did have another person here, I would find a lot of ways to hate that situation. Oh, yeah. That does that does make a lot of sense. Um, uh, I, but, you I know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping myself occupied. I My job is one that is still going on, uh, and I'm working from home. And actually, like, the nature of my job is such that I'm super busy right now. Um, so that's nice. It is nice to have something to no, do during good. the day. It's also very nice that I, like, obsessively redid my entire work-from-home situation, like, two months ago. Like, See? got a new desk, got a new chair, and, like, really tortured everyone I knew for, like, weeks as I was, like, just weighing my options over and over and like trying to decide, do I want to buy the chair? Do I want to buy the nice chair? Do I want to buy the kind of nice chair? Matt, I want to say this. I say this without any, there's zero sarcasm. This is a hundred percent from the heart. It was a delight to help you with your interior direct decorating decisions. Well, I'm uh, very- please don't feel like you were tortured. <laughs> at least me and at least Beth and I, maybe everybody else was about ready to strangle <laughs> you, but I was engaged in the conversation. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad of that. And I'm just super glad that I did it because now that I actually am working from home every day, like, if I was still sitting in a folding chair all day at my desk, I would, like, that would not be a, a viable solution. But, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm keeping busy. I'm, I, I, I'm, pl- I'm really, Dave, there's a, there's a, there's a hit new game. There's a hit new game. Everyone's talking about it, sweeping the internet. Uh, it's something to really sort of occupy my time uh, during these uncertain and troubling uh events and that that fun new game is obsessively sanitizing my grocery deliveries Ooh, yeah we also are playing that game oh dude it it's is, it's the, it's a banger <laughs> it is um it is it's super engaging there's a ton of replay value on it which is very cool now what i really like about the game is that it's very important that you do it super well but also there's no way to know if you're doing it well enough yeah so that's fun so that is fun it, it really uh, gives you a sense of like you know, there's like a real like danger and like, you know, 
there's there's real stakes to it, which a lot of games don't have, and I really appreciate yeah. that about it. Yeah, very very real stakes. In fact, gameplay's a little <laughs> repetitive, but you know, it keeps you. In, it certainly keeps you engaged. It does. Um, actually, that leads really well into our third star of the week, Matt. By the way, I, I feel like I got pretty dire there in the second, like in the middle. I'm doing fine. Okay. No, no, no. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Um, I actually, I went for a, I went for a walk. Walk update. Just as like weird, I don't know, like weird experiences. I'm sure everybody's having these experiences. And if you don't have anybody to talk to, you can pretend you're talking to us, I guess. So I took the kids and we put them in a stroller so they didn't touch anything. I took them for a walk. And it was very, uh, my, the walk had a very weird vibe to it because everybody was out. Like people were definitely out taking a walk. It was like two days ago. It was super nice out. And we were walking and then like, but there was just like very subtle. It was like a weird movie. Like, it was just very subtle. Like, everybody was, like, always keeping an eye on the other people around them. And nobody got within, like, 10 feet of each other. Like, people were just sort of, like, casually, like, crossing the street or, like, making big loops around. Mm-hmm. Um, and people were where normally you would be, like, like, you know, waved and said, hey. People were just sort of, like, nodding, but silently. Like, nobody was talking to each other. It was just like it was a very strange. It's just a very strange vibe, man. Dude, uh, I I, I saw I saw a guy I know um saying the other day on Facebook that there are just like like now that like traffic is a lot lower and there aren't people around for most of the day, like there was just a coyote wandering through Ohio City. Whoa. Yeah. That's amazing. Like, where There's even, all sorts of stuff like that. There's like dolphins in the canals of Venice now. Like, where did the coyote even come from? We do not live in, like, I don't, it does not feel like we live in an area where a coyote, like, is available to wander through. No, 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 there's coyotes on, like, Columbia Station, man. I guess, man. It was weird, though. Uh, anyways, Matt, so that actually leads into our, really well, into our third star of the week. Well, Dave, what is our third star of the week? So our third star of the week, Matt, is my wife, Beth, whom I've already mentioned, is back into the podcasting game after a, like, three or four year hiatus. It, all, it always brings you back. It does. Uh, yeah. Anyway, once, once, so, once, once it gets its hooks in you, man. So the, uh, the project that she's working on now, it is a revisitation, a season two of her first uh, hit podcast, the ration project, which you can find on retrogradeorbitradio.com. It's in our retrograde orbit radio family of, of podcasts. The whole archives are up there. Uh, what we did, and this was Five, I think, years ago, is that uh, Beth and I, we didn't have any kids at the time, and another family, um, who are friends of ours, they uh, they did have kids. We did a year-long like living history experiment where we lived on World War II rations. And they did like a whole historical walkthrough of World War II, and uh, like cooking experiments and just kind of like what was it like to live on like this very limited sort of uh, food supply and like what could you do and make things stretch and, and stuff like that. And they're 
back. They're doing it again, kind of to take another look at the very unusual circumstances that, of course, we're in today. And, you know, obviously a lot of people are are in isolation and in lockdown and do not quite have the freedom to get out and cook and go to restaurants and uh, get all the ingredients that they normally would have the freedom to do. So they thought it would be a cool time to just sort of talk about that. And also just to talk about like an, uh, a homemaking, you know what I mean? Like you're stuck in a house all day. What are you going to do? Um, what are you going to eat? You've got, you don't want to go out to the grocery store and it's been a little while since your last Instacart <laughs> delivery and you've got like a can of beans and some turkey and like an avocado. Like what do you do to make a good dinner out of that? You know what I mean? Yeah, that that sounds very interesting. I I um I, I definitely feel the you have been sitting home alone and just like looking at your apartment thing. Um and like like what do you do with a home now that you realize you actually have to live in it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, man. Like, you know, I've I've lived in this apartment for seven years, but now I'm really living it. Like you're just really, just really like getting in there. And I'm just looking a around lot of time like in. boy. There's a lot of stuff that I should have bought at some point. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy all of it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, listen, don't uh, don't go crazy, man. Don't go crazy. You'll be fine. So, uh, again, you can find that The Ration Project. It's on RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. And uh, give it a listen. And then where, where all your finer podcasts are found. Uh, Dave, what is our fourth star of the week? I, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm really bullying this. I'm talking a whole, whole lot. Our first star of the week, Matt. Dave, there's only two of us. One of us has to be doing some talking. <laughs> um, our fourth well, star I'll, of the I'll week. do the next star. You, you take okay. this one. So, Matt, our first star of the week is that producer Mark did me a big favor and through some sort of like internet uh, contacts wizardry managed to finagle me a copy uh, on the cheap of Skyrim Special Edition, Matt. And I've been playing it. Been playing that Skyrim, huh? Been playing that Skyrim. Dave, Skyrim is a game so old that it like the DLC for it was already out before we started our show six years ago. Wow. Okay. Well, it is a it is a very old game, and I have not played Skyrim in probably six years. I would say, and uh, I am getting back into it. And here's the two. I don't want to talk a whole long time about it. Here's the handful of things I've I've noticed. First. It's very much like reading a, a book that you really enjoyed, mm-hmm. but that you haven't read in a long time. Like, I'm going around and I'm encountering things. And as I'm encountering them, I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, I kind of remember how this goes. And I I sort of remember, like, the, the conclusion of it, but I don't quite remember how to get there. And so I am, it's been long enough that I am having a really good time sort of like rediscovering the game. Nice. So that's really fun. Um, it feels real good, man. It feels very, very good. Um, I'm just running around with, I'm casting fireballs and I got an axe and stuff and that's all great. What's, and, uh, what uh, build I'm, are you doing? I'm going to go with a, I'm going to go a mage build. I'm going to go wizardry okay. build. I'm going to go like a real, I'm going to do my best to do like a pure wizardry build. Now I'm playing it on the Xbox and so I never had access to mods for Skyrim when I played it. And now I do, because that was like one of the big draws of special edition. Like otherwise I just would be playing it again. Right. Um because I still own it. And so now I've got all these mods. Uh, and it's very cool. There's like there's one mod that's like, here's three hundred new spells and a bunch of new perks and all this cool stuff. I love spells Here, and perks. Those are two of my I favorite know. things about Skyrim. 
Here is the other thing that is 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 uh, uh I got a mod that has like a cheat room and at first I was just like oh man this is gonna be great like I'm gonna jump right back in at like whatever like bonkers level I was at at the beginning and I'm just gonna like roll through this game uh and then I did that for like five minutes and I immediately was like no this is very bad like I'm gonna make very minimal use of this cheat room the only thing I'm gonna do is bump my uh my production skill so I don't have to sit there and make like 500 iron daggers here's the other wild thing that I am discovering about Skyrim is that I booted the game up. Now this, again, this is the special edition, which has like a big, like graphical overhaul. Uh And then I have a number of mods on top of that that are further improving the visuals of the game. But when I loaded it up and I saw it kind of again for the first time, my thought was, Oh yeah. Like that's how this game looks. Which is, it can't, it's, it's, that's impossible, right? Oh, I see. Like, like, my memory of the game matches up perfectly with what I'm seeing on the screen, which cannot be true. Well, I feel like Skyrim was the, like, Skyrim was the first Elder Scrolls game that looked good, right? Like, uh, yeah. Like, Oblivion looks, like, Oblivion's a very fun game. Oblivion looks Yeah, Oblivion awful. and Morrowind are just, they're very, they're very, very, <laughs> very bad. Ugly. Skyrim was amazing. And so, um... But they did. Like, it's a blast. Man, our buddy Ryan told me that they put it out for VR, and I don't have a VR setup, and that's good. Dude, Skyrim is out for everything. Sky- I think Skyrim's on the Switch. Like, it is. I think I can it play is. Skyrim. I think, did, they, did they put it out for your Apple Watch yet? Can you? Not yet, but I'm sure it's coming. You're going to have some yeah. motion controls, so you, you swing your hand, and like the watch picks up the motion, so it swings the sword. That would be very cool. So anyways, Matt, um, I'm having a blast with this game. The only problem I'm having, I'm really trying to convince Beth to pick up Sims 4. Mm-hmm. A, because she likes The Sims. And B, I think if I, if, if I can get her to buy Sims 4, then that will free up a lot of my time to then play Skyrim. So like, you've got to get her also on the same video game schedule. Yes, yeah, 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 precisely. Like, we, I just need to match up our schedules. Because right now, like, we're a little bit out of sync. And that's not how to build a healthy marriage, No, Matt. no. Um, so, Matt, what is our fifth star of the week? Dave, fifth star of the week is We've Got Toei News. This is actual... Yeah, to- this, is, this actual, is so great! This is actual tokusatsu news for you on our Super Sentai show. We have one of these once what? every three years. <laughs> what? Uh, no, there's a lot of new, there's a lot of like tokusatsu streaming media news right now. So in case you have missed it, you, Dave, or you, the listener, here are two things that you can do if you would like to watch more tokusatsu stuff. Um, first is the one that is currently, uh, out. Uh, it is a new, Dave, are you familiar with Pluto TV? I am not. Okay, Pluto nope. Pluto TV is like, it's a free app that is basically cool. like, with a bunch of like TV stations in it. And, huh. and it just has, and some of the stuff is on demand, and some of the stuff is just like, they have a schedule. Like, there is an American Gladiators channel on Pluto TV, and it just shows American Gladiator all day. And whenever you tune into it, that's the episode that's on. And Amazing. like, and there are commercials and stuff, so it's not like. Honestly, I kind of wish I could like pay more for it to not have commercials because that is how. Because that's because it's twenty twenty, Matt. Right. Um, but there is a new channel on Pluto TV. 
the internet TV service uh, that is called, uh, it's a Shout Factory thing. It's called Toku Shoutsu. Oh. And it is just like a streaming thing that you can tune into and just watch old tokusatsu stuff. It's, they, that's amazing. They've got a bunch of Sentai stuff that's already available to stream on their website. But they also have like old Kamen Rider and old like Whoa. Ultraman stuff that's never been available in the States before. So if you want to check that out, uh, if you if you find yourself with a little extra time on your hands to sit at home and stream some media, uh, I got some good news for you. You can watch some old tokusatsu. There is a oh geez, Matt. Speaking of Ultraman, congratulations to Matt of Ranger Danger. What incredible, amazing news! That's one of the coolest things. Um, friend of the show, uh, they Matt and uh, Mike over at Ranger Danger. Matt is writing a new series of Ultraman for Marvel Comics. Yeah. Also, is it? I did not know that Marvel owned the comics rights to Ultraman, which is kind of... Man, maybe they just got him. I don't know. I don't know. Well, Marvel and Toei's always had sort of like a weird relationship. Uh, anyway, um, the other new thing, speaking of Toei, is that Toei is launching on April 6th, I believe, a YouTube station, or YouTube channel, rather, where they're going to be making available, again, a bunch of old tokusatsu stuff, like... I think all of Go Ranger is going to be on there, but also like Space Cop Gavin and like old Ultramans and a couple of Common Riders and maybe some just like straight up kaiju movies. Um, so yeah, if you are if you're interested in watching Tokusatsu, which if you are listening to this and you are not our mother, you there's at least a good chance that you're interested in watching it. Um, there are ways for you to do it that are new, that are exciting. And Dave, speaking of new and exciting tokusatsu series. Why don't we take a break? We're going to watch episode one of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. The episode is called Don't Let Them, The Twisted Invaders. Uh, as I said earlier, written by Junki Takagama, uh, Takagami, rather, original air date February 14th, 1997. You can watch it on, you can get the DVDs or you can watch them on shoutfactory.tv. They're all streaming available there. Um, and I recommend that you do it, because this is a good show. All right, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Dave, Mega Ranger's good. Oh, dude. Dude, it's extremely good. It's extremely, extremely good. I'm stoked about this. Um, Here's the... So, first of all, like, it's a banger. The first episodes are always bangers. Like, they're always great. Um, I feel a little bad saying this. Like, I feel like, like, like disloyal somehow. I am already more into Mega Ranger than I was into Car Ranger. Really? I'm one like episode one in. One episode in. And I'm just like, yeah, these are my, like, normally there's a little bit of adjustment. Like, oh, I miss the old guys. No, I'm immediately down. Like, <laughs> yes, please give me more Mega Ranger. Do you know um, any, but any of the characters' names other than the Red Ranger? I do not. Okay. I should look this up. So, um, it's already like the, the seeming, I don't know if there was like a huge technological leap forward between 1996 and 1997 in Japan because car Ranger was just like, 
it's cars and we're like driving around and it's like big and fun and then like 1997 rolls in and mega ranger they're like it's lasers it's laser cuts it's like super it's computer graphics it's like everybody's got cell phones like we are down like we're we're into it like we're fully invested technology right now yeah so Um, this this is a technology based season like and not just in the sense that the characters are powered by like technological means as opposed to magical means um like it like the theme of their powers is technology yes in a way yeah, that i think yeah. is we interesting will, we'll get into this in a little bit more detail later okay so when we we start off actually with a straight up like star wars opening shot Oh wait, a- sorry, Matt. Before we bef- listen, we do want. I do want to talk about that. Before I do, just need to say that I couldn't get down all of the words to the very good theme song, but it did include the phrase "Let's go surfing, riding on the shining waves of cyberspace." Beautiful, absolutely. Which beautiful. I think really, yeah, that I think just sets a great header for the rest of this. The rest of this show, like that's very much the vibe. I feel like here's a little bit of a deep cut. If you were really into like 90s White Wolf RPGs, this is the season that like a Japanese virtual adept would have come up with. Does that help at all? I mean, it helps me, but... <laughs> I think it helps you and maybe Mike and James. That's about it. That's gotta be about it. Uh, but listen, I just, if you are not into like 90s White Wolf role playing games, I just want you to know that that metaphor was choice. Super good. It was very, very good. So, as Matt said, please continue. Oh, yeah. We start off on a Star Wars opening shot where like it is in space, the camera is static, and then you see like a big spaceship sort of come in from the top of the screen. Listen, it's a classic. It's a good shot, man. I'm it's not a blaming very, them. very good. This spaceship looks. Let me just say, the model for this spaceship looks amazing. And this is kind of weird. And I'll mention this a few times as we go through the show. But like the production quality, like slash value slash I don't know budget, seems dramatically higher for this. Even in the first episode, seems dramatically higher for this show than it was for any element of Car Ranger. Yeah, although weirdly it. It seems more in line with like O Ranger, right? Like it's not as though, yeah, this marks like a big jump in quality overall. Like for the series, it's just better than it's just higher than Car Ranger because, like, I don't know, man. Again, I like I spent a whole listen. I I liked Car Ranger a lot. Yeah, we spent a whole year watching Car Ranger. Don't right? There's a lot to love about that show. But it does kind of feel like the one that they were making while they were saving up the money to do the next one a little bit. Yeah, it does a it does a little bit. Maybe it was a deliberate throwback. Maybe like the goal was to kind of evoke the aesthetic of those very early years. So um yeah, we, we don't know what this ship is yet. We just know that it's there and it's very cool and detailed looking. Right. We and then we cut down from there to a arcade on Earth in Japan. And Dave, I love this. I, I miss arcades in general, but I love this arcade because this arcade comes equipped with its own arcade bully. Yes, uh, and he is he is an extremely good bully. Yeah, his his outfit is choice. His name is Shinjuku Black. 
Uh, he has, like, these round black sunglasses and, like, a combination of, like, sh- like a shiny silver shirt with, like, a black leather vest over it and, like, a bunch of, like, chains and fingerless gloves. Like, he looks like a video game character, not a video game player, honestly. Yeah, um, and how you know that he is a villain. There's some kids, and they are playing a, a holographic video game fighter. And uh, what it immediately reminded me of, Matt, there was a real holographic video game. Um, it was put out, I had to look this up, it was put up by Sega yeah. in 1991. It was called Time Traveler. Yeah, I remember I re- this game. They had it at, yeah. the, uh, at the local Chuck E. Cheese. No, it was at Mark's Funtime Pizza oh, Palace. Oh, that's right. Close. Uh, Mark's, Anyways. Uh, for any non-Cleveland listeners, uh, Mark's Funtime Pizza Palace was a a small chain of... Dramatically superior. But what's funny is, okay, so there was Chuck E. Cheese, and then Chuck E. Cheese would, like, move out of a building and like when they would upgrade to a new, new building. And then there was a local business owner who owns, like, a bunch of grocery stores. And the grocery stores are called Mark's because the guy's name is Mark. And Mark bought these old, a couple of old Chuck E. Cheese and turned them into Mark's Funtime Pizza Palace, which was just Chuck E. Cheese with the serial numbers filed off. But uh, like, here's the good part. The good part is that they brought in a bunch of like good arcade games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and this was, so one it was of like, them. actually For fun the to go to. Mark. For the spreadsheet producer, Mark, this is, in fact, the second time that we have talked about Mark's Funtime Pizza Palace. Is it really? Yeah, it is. Anyways, um, so... Hey, it's the, the first episode playing... of a new season. we got to get the new people on board. Yeah, you got to loop back. Um, so they're playing this game, and it is, it is a holographic fighting game of the Mega Rangers. And the game is called Mega Ranger. And so, like, there's these kids playing, and Shinjuku Black, who I just... He's got to show up later, right? Like, there's no way that this dude is a one-off. I, um, I really hope we get to see him again. So he he rolls up, and the kids are like, oh, no. It's the arcade bully. If he beats you, you're never allowed in the arcade again. Because... Which is a weird rule, because that implies that he, like, has authority in the arcade and is not just a mean person who's driving away business. So anyways, he like, and he is like fully a teenager, right? He's like 19 or 20 and he challenges these children and he's like, who's going to take me on? Like they're just playing, right? They don't challenge him. Like he rolls up and challenges them and then says, also, by the way, if I beat you, child, you're never allowed to come back to the, to the thing. And they're all scared. But then one kid is like, I'll do it, which is great. And he's about to, and then... Uh, enter the dude who is clearly the Red Ranger. Yes. And his name is Kenta. You, you can tell he is the Red Ranger because, thankfully, he is wearing a red hoodie. Yes. He's got, like, a school blazer on over it, but, like, he's wearing a red hoodie and he rolls up to, like, help these kids. So you're like, okay, thank you, show, for helping me out to know who this one is. I gotta say, Matt, dude, those Japanese school blazers... It's a sharp look. It's a very sharp look. Like those collarless blazers, they look real neat. Anyways, he rolls up and he's like, I'll take that challenge, Shinjuku Black. And he does that. He uh, he flips a coin into the slot of the game. Right. He doesn't place it in. He tosses it in from a distance. 
Yeah, it's amazing. And then he sits down to to do this, uh, you know, to, to play this game. Uh, he wins, obviously. There's a little bit of back and forth. The hologram fighting game is kind of hilarious because, you know, it's like the dude, it's, a, it's just video of the dudes in the costumes doing stuff. But because it's a fighting game, they're moving in like these weird herky-jerky motions. I thought it was actually pretty cool. I feel like they did a very good job of like translating like translating footage into something that did sort of look like like pre-programmed yeah, yeah. Uh, you know like fighting game moves. So he pulls out he does a secret move. Like the kids don't apparently they say it's a secret move. Like he pulls out drill saber which is uh su- surprise surprise guys. The Red Ranger's signature weapon is drill saber. Yes. Which is a sword so he, that is also a drill. Yeah. It's very um, good. And and the kids are like, no way, a secret move. So I guess it's like you have to know how to unlock it. Um, but unsurprisingly, Kenta does defeat Shinjuku Black. And when he does, there are three dudes, who like three adult men who had wandered into the arcade during the middle of this fight. And they're like, oh my gosh, look at his incredible technique. And they walk over to him and they're like, listen, kid, like you got what it's take. What it takes, rather. Come with us. So clearly, uh, we are in a last Starfighter scenario yes, here. This is 100% a last Starfighter. But Kenta does not know this because I think he assumes that they are scouts for some sort of like to to like bring him into an organization to be a professional gamer or something. Yeah, like an like an early esports uh something. And he's like, listen. Um, I'm not terribly interested, but if you guys spring for lunch, I'm down. And they're like, okay. So they, they go along and he, what does he, what does he want, Dave? It's, it's some sort of like barbecue Yakiniku. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Korean barbecue style. Anyway. So he goes with them, uh, on the agreement that he will be getting lunch and he goes to Nasada, not NASA, Nasada. Um, which is very different because it's got extra letters, but it is otherwise basically NASA. Yes, um, it is. It's like it's NASA, right? Yeah. Like it's obviously like video, but it's like video game NASA. Yeah, it's it's NASA with superheroes. What's what is interesting about NASADA, Dave, is that because it's written on, like it's written down on a bunch of things, they couldn't not use it in the Power Rangers. So it's also Nasada in Power Rangers in space. Oh, that is fun. Uh, oh, real quickly, Matt, Yakiniku is just like any kind of like grilled grilled meat food. Okay. I, uh, I looked it up. So he's like, listen, I'm into that. So they show up here and uh, we get a bunch of like people and they're running around. And like one of the guys is is obviously very important, and uh, I didn't, I can't remember his name off the top. Uh, of Doctor Kubota. Um, thank you. I was going to say it's later in my notes. So Doctor Kubota, man, real quickly, does this guy look familiar to you? He should. Yeah, you know he does look familiar to me, but I couldn't place him. He is the dad from the ill-fated family from O Ranger. Oh right, that's what I recognized him from. And also, did not know this till I looked it up, played General Cactus. We may have had a version of this conversation when we first saw him in O-Ranger. Um, but yeah, he played that He played that recurring character, and he also played General Cactus. This is and a he big is step the, up from General Cactus. The- yeah, huge. Literally anything is a step up from General Cactus. He's the worst. 
So um, Dr. Kubota is sort of running around and he's got some assistants and he's like, how's everything going? They're like, everything's going great. Uh, Like 24 hours to launch, final testing for the project. Exposition, exposition. Right. They they go Um, into a room that looks like a sort of a mission control room. And a, yep. and a white lady calls him over speaking English to him, which yeah, is very jarring. that's always so weird. There's a couple um, of, like, non-Japanese characters who are Nasada employees. There's, like, this white lady, there's a black guy later, and they speak English, but, like, they don't speak English like a person who speaks English speaks English. It's very weird. Like, it is as though they are speaking English weirdly to like I don't know what the purpose of it is because it definitely doesn't sound like regular like English speaking the only thing I can think of Matt is that it may have like they may have had them do like voiceover work for it to make it and like pronounce it in an unusual way that would make it more uh, like intelligible to non-native speakers maybe that, that could the be, old, yeah. It's like, because you're right, they do sound really weird. It's the only thing I can think of. But it does always throw me out. Like, every once in a while, like, every, like, every, like, second or third season, you'll hear somebody speak English. Yeah. Well, it, it's, and it's it, usually... It's always disorienting. It's usually in a situation like this, right? Like, every couple of years, there will be a big multinational science organization. And to show that it is a big multinational science organization, they'll just be, like, a white lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so what she says is that Nezere power is increasing. This is very bad. Yes, and we see like a, a screen that has a grid on it, and then the grid gets all twisted up. And like some sparks fly out of, of somewhere, and they zap some stuff. And then that stuff t- gets twisted up. Like, there's an empty can, and the can, like, crinkles and twists. There's a pen, and the pen sort of, like, twists itself into, like, a corkscrew shape. Yeah. And this is, like, like this is, so- like, whatever's going on, it's a real twisty energy, I I guess. Yeah. Um, so, the at this point, the scouts come in. And they're like, hey, we, we met this dude. He's got, he scored really high in the test. Like, he's really good at Mega Ranger game. Like, you've got to come see him. So Dr. Kubota comes over. And they're in a lab? Like, it's, there's, like, computers and stuff in the lab. But then one of the tables in the back definitely has, like, a built-in grill. Right. Like, at a Korean barbecue restaurant. But what's funny about this is that, like... They do not have smoke ventilation. Right, there's no ventilation. <laughs> so this room is just filling with meat smoke. <laughs> you can tell like which seeds come later, because at first it's not bad. And then we're gonna come back in this room in like three or four minutes, and it's gonna be very filled with smoke. Right. <laughs> it is not safe. If this whole building wasn't blowing up later, this would be a huge like violation of some sort of co- OSHA code. <laughs> So they, they come in, and Dr. Kubota's like, hey, I hear you're super good at Mega Ranger. And he's like, yeah, I'm very good at Mega Ranger, but who cares? And he's like, no, it's not just Mega Ranger. It's the last Starfighter. <laughs> and Kenta is like, mm, that seems like nonsense. Seemed, yeah. I basically only came because they said they would buy me lunch. Right. And then as soon as this grilled meat is gone, I am also gone. Right, I will leave, and you will never see me again. Unless you continue to buy me grilled meats, I guess we can 
cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> so we, we cut out to the front gates of the building. Already. I love this guy. Oh, yes. Kenta's a, a big fan of Kenta. So we cut to the front gates of the building, and there are four other high school students, which you can tell, of course, because they're all wearing, like, high school student uh, uniforms. Yeah, they are wearing, uh, and their uniforms match the one that Kenta is wearing. Yes, like he's wearing a hoodie under his. They're all wearing them slightly differently, but it, you can tell that they're all from the same school. Yes. These are going to be our other characters, and I don't know if we really get their, I don't know if we don't get their names in this episode, or if I just failed to write them down. No, they, because I was, I was like waiting and looking for them. I think we may have gotten, like, one of them, but... So, but we did not like. They definitely were not like, "Hey, you know, like you, you know." Blah, blah. Right. So the they are the the guy who will become Mega Ranger Black is Koichiro. Uh, the guy who will be Mega Ranger Blue is Shun. The the woman who will become Mega Yellow is Chisato, I think, mm-hmm. and Mega Pink is Miku. Yeah. Um, so we will. Are, I'm sure we will have to start looking. You know, hold on to those. Right. But N- none of those people are wearing their color, except like happenstantially because they're all wearing like matching uniforms. But despite the fact that none of them are wearing their color, you can just look at these four and be like, "Oh yeah, well that's the black one, that's the blue one, that's the yellow one, and that's the pink one." Yeah, it's very. Uh, they nailed it. They nailed it. Like all four of these characters put off a very strong color energy of of their like like they just hit it like you could just you, as you said matt i just looked at it i'm like oh that's clearly the black ranger right like that i mean also it was in the opening credits if you were paying attention but like even without that you you don't need to know to be able to immediately recognize it if you've watched enough sentai i was apparently not, i was desperately trying to i was desperately trying to like type down the words to the to the theme song um so they're like hey like we have an appointment you're getting taxpayer money. You should let us in to like see all this stuff. And they're like, no, you're children. And this is like a highly sensitive government laboratory. Like we're not letting you in. And also they uh, know, although the, the students do not yet, that there is a big problem right now and it's super dangerous. And so they're trying to not yeah. just let people in. So they're like, no, we're from like Moroboshi High's Digital Research Club. Uh, and then there's an earthquake and the kids are like, perfect this is our opportunity and they all just run in past the guards (laughs) yeah well two of them Uh, run in past the guards and they're like oh no those guys weren't supposed to be in there and then the other two turn to the guard and say don't worry we'll bring them back and just run after their friends and of course they're all just running in yeah so they all run in and then uh the guards are apparently like operate on video game logic because as soon as the kids are out of sight for like 30 seconds the guards are like huh what was that? And then just like go back to their patrol and the kids have free run of the place. Right. So they're, they're walking along and they see a grate and underneath it is this like giant underground passage. And so they're like, okay, they're like, like that's weird and crazy. And then the next shot is them just like down, <laughs> down in the bowels of the research center. Right. Like, I guess the doors are all just unlocked. Like, once you get past the front gates, like, that is the only security. Is That's it. What more would you need? And so they're like, that's weird. Do you, like, do you smell Yakiniku? I smell Yakiniku. And they, they go and they find the, at this point, extremely smoky science lab where Kenta is sitting. 
Yeah. And they're like, and they see, and they know him. They're like, Kento, what are you doing here? And he's just like, clearly, I'm eating this bomb yakiniku. Right. Also, you can't have any. I'm only here for this, and I'm not sharing. Right. He like sort of moves it all to the other side of the table, away from them. <laughs> so, so Kent is at one point of the table, at like protecting his grill. <laughs> protecting his lunch. And then Dr. Kubota comes in and he's like, what? You, like you, I know why you're here, but you're going to leave immediately like, because you just came for lunch and clearly you are not suitable. The rest of you, like, what are you doing here? Like, this is a restricted area. This is a very important science building. You can't just wander around in here. You all have to leave right now. And then there's a big explosion. And so his plans to like quickly shuttle them out are now scuttled and they have to like, run around to a different part of the building. Um, at, at this point, we cut to another part of the Nasada base, and there's, like, this big twisty portal thing that opens up, and a big spaceship battle tank that looks like something that Skeletor would own flies through it. Yeah, man, it's so, so good. It's extremely um, over the top. It just, it comes through this, like, twisty portal, and then we've got this dude, and his name is Dr. Hinalar, and he looks amazing. Yeah. He's got, like, he very definitely has, like, an evil scientist vibe, right? Like, he might be wearing some version of, like, a lab coat. But he also has, like, full-on anime hair and, like, some spiky epaulets. Dude, this hair, okay... How how even to describe this hair? So it's, he's got like long purple hair, right? It sort of like comes up in a bit of a pompadour, like in front and then swoops back. It's got but like then, a, it's got like a 90s Wolverine thing kind of yeah, going on. See what happened? Like he's got big wings. Yeah, like his sideburns and then like the hair on his temples are white. But instead of just being like combed into the rest of his hair... They're, like, swept up, like, these two hair horns, sort of, yeah, like, halfway between Wolverine and, like, a flock of seagulls. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to say it. Um, yeah, he just, he just looks incredibly amazing. Uh, I, I like him quite, quite a bit. So, Dr. Hinalar is laughing maniacally, or me- not maniacally, menacingly. I'll say menacingly. Yeah, that's, I think that's a much better way to say it. And he has a, like, he has an assistant who he never names, but I looked up, and his, her name is Shibalina. Yeah, she gets, like, a Chiron that pops up when she's introduced. Oh, does she? I, I uh, she's that. got a great outfit as well. It's like, what's that Dreamcast game about, like, dancing... Man, you've got to be more specific than that. Like, there had to be at least, like, three or four of those, right? Yeah. I, anyway, I, it's, it's kind of difficult to explain what Shibalina looks like. It's, she's wearing, like, this sort of powder blue armor miniskirt, sort of. Yeah, she's got, like, some boots, and then she's got, like, a half sleeve on, like, one side and, like, a big gold pauldron. And, like, a big um, helmet thing that matches the suit. Yeah, it's it's a cool look, man. It's a very cool look. I mean, both of these two people look amazing. They are not they are certainly not the best looking of like the main villains so far. We will meet the third guy in a second, and he rules. 
Yeah, I don't know if he's like a main villain or if he... Well, we'll see him in a second. So they they show up um, and then there's like a weird... Oh, clearly you're not talking about this, that weird little like Nightmare Before Christmas looking puppet oh, no, guy. No, thing, like BBDBBB? Uh, BBDB. BBDB. BBDB sucks. Um, BBDB is a circle with a face and like stick arms and legs. And he just like laughs maniacally and says his own name. Yeah, he's terrible. Um, and then they're like, we're going to bomb everyone. Just like, get bombs out there. We're going to blow the whole thing up. Now we meet this next dude. And he is amazing. His name is Uganda. And he is like, he's like a wireframe, like a green wireframe monster. Right. He's a green wireframe monster with a like a red half cape and a sword. Um, he looks extremely good. He is, if you are, again, if you are a Power Rangers person, uh, he was like a big character in Power Rangers in Space. This is Ecliptor. In, you know, or rather, this is the dude who is translated into Ecliptor in Power Rangers in Space. So uh, we go from there. Kenta isn't there uh, with them, and I, I don't quite recall why, but it's Dr. Kubota and the other four. No, Kenta's there. He's just useless, so you don't, re- he's not oh, okay, in your notes. Thank you. So they're they get like they're trying to get through this door and it's locked and they're like he's like Dr. Kabota's like oh no we can't get through this and this is where we see like why these guys are are so cool not Kenta he's cool because he's very good at video games right he's like well my ID doesn't work because this lock is broken and the kids are like well let's see what we can come up with and Dr. Kabota's like this is a state-of-the-art electronic lock like I'm not really sure what you're talking about and they just like all pull out all of their personal electronics like they've got a laptop and a phone and and, like a digital camera like some other stuff and they just like straight up MacGyver a like interface into the electronic guts of this door and like hack their way through and just pop the door open. It's amazing. And what's really cool is in the moments before all of this is happening, Dr. Kabuto was like, okay, you kids all need to leave. Like you have no business being here immediately after this. Like this is the moment where he's like, oh, well, these five should definitely be the Mega Rangers. Yeah, like, they'll, they'll be fine. This is you've, you've solved my digital lock puzzle. Now you get to be superheroes. Um, they, they, so they run through this door. They run past a space shuttle. And <laughs> Dr. Kabuta is like, no time. No time to tell you what the deal is with that space shuttle. We need to keep walking. Um, and we get back to this mission control room. And... You know, they're talking about how they have to, like, you know, move everything up to be able to launch immediately. And Dr. Kubota, Kubota, it's Kubota, sorry. I keep keep changing the pronunciation every time I say it. Dr. Kubota says to his, like, science right-hand man, like, give these five the digitizers. And his, his assistant says very reasonably, like, wait a second. Hey, what now? These are kids. We don't know if, like, we don't know what these kids' capabilities are. Uh, Dr. Kubota says, like, I don't care. I will take full responsibility for this. But even if it's risky, this whole place is about to get blown up. So we need to do something. So Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't come out. He doesn't say that specifically. But that is very much like, listen, we're kind of all about to die anyways. Like, just go for it. Maybe this way we won't die. And that would be neat. So they're obviously very confused. He kind of turns around, lays out the truth, 
And this is what I love. They are immediately like, yes, that's a great plan. We're immediately on board. Like, hand it over. We will 100% be the superheroes that the Earth needs. There's this really great bit where Dr. Kubota just shouts, Mega Ranger isn't a game! <laughs> that is very, that is very, very so good. So Uganda and the, uh, Uganda, <laughs> Uganda and the mooks rush in. I don't know what the, what they're like, wumpers are called or they're putties. They're, oh, they are called, they're purple, they mention it later they've got on. sort of like, they, they sort of keep with this sort of twisty, um, visual theme of the residents of the Nazir. Nezire? Nezire. Dimension? Yeah, they are called uh, Kune Kune. Kune Kune. So there's an explosion. Dr. Kubota gets knocked over and like his head is sort of bleeding. And he shouts to the about-to-be Mega Rangers, like, the code on your digitizers is 335. So they all pop it open and they and there's like a keypad in there. Uh, and they hit the, the special code. Which makes me wonder if there are other codes that this thing can I do. I had that exact same thought. I am really hoping that there will be, and that this is not just like a random, you know, whatever. So, so they they punch it in, and we get like a weird, like computerized voiceover because it's technology, and it's 1997, the future. And so they digitize. And then they immediately just sort of start, like, floating around. Also, what's weird is that when they transform, we cut to the kids in the arcade who are... Oh, yeah, this is wild. And they're looking at the Mega Ranger game. And then the holograph... Like, the holographic forms of the Mega Rangers in, like, the character select screen of the game all disappear. And that's when they transform. Like... They pulled, like, they literally pulled the Mega Rangers out of the game and installed them onto these five students. It's, it's, a, it's a weird concept. I'm not sure how literally I'm supposed to be taking that. Dr. Kubota's like, wait, activate the control system. Um, and then they sort of can, like, move around. And then the Kune Kune appear. And the Doc, like, calls into their helmets. And he's like, listen, you guys can fight these dudes. Uh, your combat abilities are already programmed. So maybe what you said like isn't quite so so wild. Like these suits or whatever have like a pre-installed like f- fighting program. Right. It makes it I they guess. make you very strong and very tough and also like yeah, you can just like activate fight mode. Which yeah. makes me wonder like what made Kenta particularly like a good candidate for this is it just like the ability to interface with the suit i mean i think that's probably it right like you've got to have like a a mind that can comprehend like how a mega ranger moves and operates and how a mega ranger moves and operates is just exactly the fighting game so like we cut to the inside of uh kenta's helmet and we see like a sort of digitized cartoon version of him fighting a bunch of these uh, monsters. And then it cuts away from the interior view of his helmet. And we see Kenta like do the moves that we just saw the cartoon do. So I don't know if it's actually controlling him. Or if it's just showing him like a tutorial. And then he's following the motions. But like it's it's an interesting look. Yeah. Um. So we get a little bit of the vibe of all of these characters. So... 
uh, Kenta, oh, they all, like as we mentioned, uh, they all are sort of attached to a particular piece of technology. So red is a computer. Mm-hmm. And uh, then black, I don't see what he's supposed to be, but he does have super strength. So uh, black, because I also watched the second episode and they talk about it a little bit more in the second episode. Okay. Black has a like satellite. Oh, all um, right. And he can apparently like, like access all satellites or something. Um, blue has a digital TV screen. Uh, pink has a cell phone, I think. Yes. And yellow has a digital camera. Yeah. Here's so, what the digital camera does. I, uh, we're we're going to find out. It gets real, real crazy. Yeah. So um, Mega Black is, and I can't remember the, the kid's name. Uh, Mega Black is getting attacked by like four Kune Kune at once. And he like does a thing and his like arms swell up with like super biceps. And then he just literally like hurls them all off of him. It's great. Um, Pink uses a Mega Sniper. Because she's like a cell phone, so she can shoot you from far away. I don't know. Um, don't but know. she just blasts she's got, a bunch she's of She's got dudes. laser guns. She zaps people with them. Yeah. We, we cut to blue and yellow. Mega blue and mega yellow. And Here's mega, where things get wild. Yeah, mega yellow zaps them with like a laser that comes out of her forehead, which is where her like the icon of the digital camera is. Um, And when she does that, she t- teleports... All of them into like a digital sub dimension or something. It's it's kind of hard to follow. It does seem like like you know the the technology from Tron where like Jeff Bridges gets shot with a laser and then he's inside a computer. It's like yeah, that. It's, it's but that. with punching. But she weaponizes it to fight monsters. And then they all pop out of the thing, and, and we don't actually get to see what Blue does. Because he's just with yellow when they're fighting these. Uh, what are they called again, Dave? Kune Kune. Kune Kune. And so, yeah, like they 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 defeat all these Kune Kune, and they're like, "Yes, now we have done it. We did Good it for us, Mega Ranger." Uh, so the doc, the doc, um, Kubota, and all of everybody's running away, and they're just like, "Launch the rocket!" Um, so they get to this rocket. It like lifts up out of the ground. It was like all buried underneath and it's an extremely cool and detailed model. Uh, It's super rad. And then like they're also, he calls them. He's like, you guys have got to get to this rocket. And then, um, Uganda sort of interposes himself and he summons like an energy duplicate. Okay. This is very weird. Uganda has a bunch of like eye laser superpowers, right? Yeah. And one of the eye laser superpowers is lasers shoot out of his eyes. Those lasers coalesce into an energy construct of Uganda. That energy construct then shoots lasers out of its eyes and zaps the Mega Rangers. Yeah. Like, it uh, seems like an unnecessary middleman. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool, though. He, <laughs> but he's just showing off. He even says, like, I'm just going to have some fun with you before I kill you because, you know... It's cool, and I'm I'm evil. Yeah, uh, and then he's like, "Wait, I've got." Uh, sorry, Kenta is like, "I've got a special move," and he pulls out the drill saber, um, and then he like attacks with the drill saber. We're getting a lot of um, like, what did you say? You, you had a, you had a word for it, Matt. Like, print on the screen. Is there a word for this? Oh, a Chiron. Yeah, thank you. Didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah, it's like. Like, if you're watching Monday Night Raw and a wrestler is walking down to the screen, 
or walking down to the 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 ring and like the name comes up in like a little like title card underneath them it's that basically we're getting a lot of those okay yes so um we get that and it's good that they have them but they are all in like times new roman and that's a little bit like kind of kills the vibe a tiny bit um but so they they do manage to sort of get past uganda and then they're like oh wait no there's a bunch of bombs in the base like we need to leave immediately so they all they the bombs are exploding they are like running into the the mega shuttle they like just make it in the doors slam the shuttle launches the, like there's a voiceover commentary that's like beautiful launch oh yeah this is all all of the launch language is all in english yeah um and then it's like a super tense launch cuz they're like going into orbit and so there's like a lot of like they do a pretty good job of conveying the idea that like there's a lot of G's happening here. Uh, they do a much better job with this launch than uh, I just watched You Only Live Twice the other day, and this one is this one is way better. This one is so much better. Like it, it just actually looks like a rocket launching. Yeah, it's it's very very good. Um, and then everything explodes down in the base, and then they're in orbit, and that's and- it. Yeah, and that's it. That's the episode. Yeah. Uh, there's a closing song that is about talking to a digitizer as though it's your best friend and like it's always there for you and you can tell it your feelings and stuff. And that was sort of odd. Yeah. And then next week, uh, next week is like, you know, a continuation of this. We get a little like next week on Mega Ranger and there's an evil stingray, uh, a stingray man. And it's very kind of goofy looking, but I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, and that's it. That is it for this episode. And normally, of course, at this point, I would say, but it's not it for our episode because we've got to find out where the monster of the week lands on our ongoing feature, the Creature Royale, a list of from the best to worst of all of the monsters from all of the shows that we have seen. Now, is Uganda? No, Uganda. Uganda is going to be throughout the whole season. Okay, I, I I looked that up, and also I. I sort of figured because he was featured so heavily in Power Rangers that like he's just in a lot of the source footage. Oh, okay, got it. Okay, yeah. Well, then obviously he's not going to go on the list, right? If he did, he'd be pretty high because Uganda is cool. Um, but he's not. So we are actually going to skip that feature right now. And I believe then, Dave, that is going to do it for this, the first episode of the Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd just like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. You want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter, we're on there at supersentaibros. If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Uh, Rate and review on there. That would be very nice of you. And also, this is the first episode of a new season, so tell a friend. Now is a great time to share the joy of the Super Sentai Brothers podcast. Uh, the Super Sentai Brothers is a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. <laughs>